are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Arkansas and Missouri will be happening, I guess, this weekend. Man, it's amazing how quickly everything has flown by. And it's a big one for Arkansas and Missouri both. Both of them are looking to have seating in the SEC. Arkansas is technically right now tied for second. Missouri's just right there underneath them, even though I know games and the amount of times that they've played is all weird and all that stuff. But either way, it's a big opportunity for both teams. And we want to talk about it and get the Missouri perspective on it because it's always going to be fascinating to see what these Tigers have in store for the Razorbacks, especially coming into this game. They've already faced each other. Arkansas lost the first game in a frustrating manner, so Arkansas is going to look to get revenge there, and there's no better person to do it than for us to go to the phone lines and welcome in Matt Michaels, who's of KTGR up in the central Missouri area, does a great job on the big show is what he hosts, and he was able to join Out of Bounds today as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome him in. Matt, what's going on, man? How you doing? I am doing all right. I, I find it interesting, guys, that everybody, you know, is staying home and it's snowing ice, and we've had some of it up here to your north, and you subjected everybody to me while they were captive in their homes. So uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity, and, and I wish blessings upon the ears across the great state of Arkansas. Oh, man, I'm sure they'll love you just like they love us and all the uh, <laughs> great texts that we get every single day, I'm sure. So, uh, But, man, it's good to have you on. Obviously, there's a lot going on with uh, SEC basketball, but Missouri has been fascinating, especially with uh, how well they've been going this season, but had kind of a head-scratching loss last night to the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, we'll start right there. What happened last night? I, I mean, because Ole Miss, nothing against them, but they're not one of the better teams in the SEC. Missouri is what happened? I think they didn't bring it, guys. And Conzo Martin, after the game, the first comment he made to the media in his availability was, we didn't have that edge. And he didn't call out players by name, but he said a couple of our guys didn't have it on the defensive side. And if anybody's followed Conzo Martin's career coming from the team, uh, Katie Tree at Purdue, I mean, he wants that defensive edge for his team. The way they beat Arkansas was by, or the way they beat Arkansas was with defense, and Alabama in their most recent game was by having a solid defense and using that to key a transition offense. And last night against the Rebels, they just didn't have it. Now I think you credit Ole Miss; they shot 57 percent for the game, and in the first half they were over 60 percent. But at some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, "What did we not do right?" And everything just seemed a step slow for Missouri. And this is a Tiger team that has not gotten waxed on the glass very often this year. They got out-rebounded 34-19 to last night by Ole Miss. Just completely out of character for this team. And something that I think has left everybody who observes them scratching their heads, including the head coach. So what led? What was the major factor that led to some of those struggles? Was it just not making shots, turnovers, or did they, like you said, they didn't bring it in, and Coach Martin said they didn't bring it. Were they just playing like a tired team? Um, there could be something to that, and we've seen this team have struggles at times now. I think it's a trend. After a big win, they've come out the next game or two and had some tough games, and 
nearly lost one earlier this season to Bradley at home after getting a big win over their rival, Illinois, which stands up as a good win at the end of the season in that uh, annual Bragging Rights game, but their next game out wasn't so hot. And the one after that, Tennessee played a complete game and defended them into submission on their home floor. It might have been the same because they were all amped up for the Crimson Tide. They understood what that meant to them and their season and gave themselves a chance to crack the door open if they wanted a shot at the top of the Southeastern Conference, really for them and everybody else. And then they came out last night and kind of laid this egg. Uh, Conzo said last night, and I agree, they might have settled for some shots early on. Uh, Xavier Pinson is a very talented scorer, and Hog fans will know it because he went for 23 in the first matchup between the two teams. But last night, X just had six points, 3 of 11 from the floor, 0 of 5 from deep. Uh, that doesn't get it done when one of Missouri's best players has such an off night like that, and it has happened for him in the recent past. And, and we've seen Missouri sometimes build leads and not be able to stem the tide when another team gets momentum. I mean, Alabama on Saturday went on a 21-2 run towards the end of the game before Missouri finally scored some points to stop it and hang on to that win by three. They lost the game on the road at Mississippi State earlier this year by having a double-digit lead and seeing it trickle down the drain and not knowing when to stop it. I think it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing with this team sometimes where you just don't know when it's going to happen, but when it does, things go downhill on them in a hurry. But when they're good, they play keep away from even some of the best teams in the conference in the country. We'll continue our discussion with Matt Michaels of KTGR here in just a second. But folks, i got to tell you about rockauto.com. It's cold out there, and it's icy, it's nasty, and the thing is that's most nerve-wracking is when you have something wrong with your vehicle, and you can, you're not ready, you're not prepared. But you know what you need, but you don't want to go to these big box stores and overpay for it. Luckily, rockauto.com has you taken care of with the amount of makes and models that they have from Choose From in their catalog. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the car parts you have available for your car or truck, just be sure to write in Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Speaking with Matt Michaels, who is of KTGR, the big show host up in Missouri on the Cartridge World Hotline right now on Out of Bounds. Uh, Matt, the thing is, is that we know that it's been kind of a weird year for college basketball in general, but Missouri has had some great wins this year. Uh, they were ranked as far as 10th. I don't know if that'll still stand just kind of depending on the weekend goes, but they're definitely worthy of being a top 15, top 20 team. How, how do fans and everybody feel about this team, though, once they get to the postseason, their chances of making some noise? I mean, what's the expectation? Is it just a matter of getting there? Do they Are they expecting this team to make a run at possibly the Final Four of the Elite Eight? What's the overall expectation for this team once they hit postseason? I think it's two sets of expectation, guys. I think the preseason expectation for most observers and pretty much the whole fan base is, let's see if they can make the NCAA tournament. I think that most folks looked from the outside in and said that preseason 10th place selection in the Southeastern Conference wasn't totally off base. The Tigers themselves were saying, hey, if we're the 10th best team in this league, there are going to be some awesome teams in the SEC because they knew they were going to be pretty good with an experienced group a lot of seniors, and a group that's played with each other for several years and been through some tough times 
and now finally starting to put it all together. So before the season, it was, let's see if they can make the NCAA tournament solidly, and it would be two trips in four years for Conzo Martin. I think that's evolved. As they've climbed the rankings and as they've beaten top 10 teams on their own, they have three top 10 wins in a season for the first time in about a decade. Now Tiger fans are saying, well, can this team make some noise? And uh, that bar has been raised a little bit. And I'm not sure right now that Missouri fans who have seen some uh, pretty sour basketball over the past decade, to be honest, they've not reached the heights that they did in maybe the 2010s or even before that when they were in Big 12 play. They're still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop at times with this team. I don't think that the fan base is completely bought into. There's a consistency night in and night out that you see. Um, and so riding the roller coaster has given some folks uh, an extra investment in their antacids around in the show-me state. But uh, when it, like I said, when it's gone well, it's been really great, and fans have kind of looked and said, yeah, we can see that happening, but I still think that fans are waiting on the sidelines a little bit and saying, we still need to see some consistency before we start putting our stock in. This is a sweet 16 runner better. So how do, how do fans feel about Coach Martin in general? Do, do they like him as a coach? And uh, they've, they've had some success with some coaches prior to him. And as you said, it's it's been kind of up and down. But how do they feel about Coach Martin as a whole? I feel like there there is a subset that has been frustrated with the fact that Missouri did not play with a lot of an offensive mind in his first few seasons. And year one, Michael Porter Jr. was in town, right? He's playing for the Denver Nuggets right now, was a hometown selection. Everything was really great to start out. The energy in Columbia was awesome. And then MPJ gets himself hurt after a couple minutes in the first game of the season. And the whole year, while still successful and they still got to the tournament, was kind of a disappointment after that. Because Missouri fans really thought, all right, we're back to being this top 10 program or top 15 program, and it didn't pan out. And then the last couple of seasons before this one, they were growing pains in terms of the consistent winning that Missouri fans remember from back in the heyday with Norm Stewart and Hearn Center packed. And it just had been difficult with uh, – season after season of really big losing in the SEC to get that enthusiasm back. I think it's there now where fans realize that Coach Martin, hey, he can coach him up. He's convinced a bunch of players to play in his image, and he has changed and decided to go more up-tempo this season, more transition game. Uh, I think there's always going to be a subset in any fan base that looks for more, but I think most Missouri fans are coming around to the fact that if given time and given players who stick to the program – Conzo Martin can make winning basketball happen again in Columbia, Missouri, but from where the program was coming from, it, it may be hard for some people to jump all the way on the ship because, you know, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, like I said. And, and I don't think that's fair to Conzo, by the way. I think he's done a very good job with where he's taken the program to where it is right now. It just might take, you know, an NCAA win or two in the end or maybe a big run in an SEC tournament for all the fans of the fan base to come back and say to themselves, all right, Mizzou basketball is back to the place we'd really like it to be. You know, one of the things I've always found was fascinating was the team, like Arkansas and Missouri facing each other in basketball. There were always so many connections. Obviously, the, the big one being the Mike Anderson connection where he was at both places, left Missouri for Arkansas. Uh, you think about Jimmy Witt, who was there in Columbia, a big recruit that came to Arkansas. Uh, Mitchell Smith is actually a player that's up there at Missouri who is actually from Arkansas as well. So there's just been a lot of connections uh, between these two teams. But do you kind of consider this to possibly be 
a rivalry, quote-unquote, in basketball. We know try people try to force it in football. It doesn't feel real yet. But it does seem like in basketball, though, there's been a lot more history and a lot more heat and a lot more passion between these two programs when they face off in basketball. I think there definitely is the history angle there. And I think a lot of Missouri fans would tell you that uh, the basketball games have a little bit more juice to them than the football games right now. I think that's completely fair. I mean, remember, when, when Mike Anderson left, Missouri fans were mad at him, man. And, and maybe reactively not realizing that probably the only job he would leave for at that time was to go back to where it all began and make it a homecoming for him. And, and that first matchup, I was there for that first matchup at Bud Walton Arena, and, and that place was a snake pit, man. Like, you could feel the energy and the tension between those two teams in that game one that Arkansas was able to pull out. And and I think that there's always been that simmering there, but it's probably going to take matchups like these to get it all the way to a boiling point among the fan bases. I mean, you got two teams that are playing for a top-four seed in the league, and that is really at stake in this game on Saturday. So uh, I think it's there, and I think we might actually see it come up to uh, the surface here if these two teams find themselves in a competitive one on Saturday because I think both fan bases understand they occupy the same sort of territory in the league right now, and whenever that happens, you've got the makings of a fun one. Arkansas seems to be improved since that first matchup, so what concerns would Missouri have coming into this second matchup against the Razorbacks? Well, I I think they'll always say that their concern is on themselves, right? Like They need to find ways to better themselves defensively, get back to the focus that uh, got them such success in the first one, but I also think that they will look at the other side and say, we didn't have to face Justin Smith the first time. And Smith is experienced, will play the post, presumably against Jeremiah Tillman. Uh, Tillman's been great at not getting into foul trouble. He's generally been aggressive this season and really kind of runs things. He might be the pleasant surprise for Missouri fans uh, of the team from game one to right now. So that's a different matchup that Missouri will have to face with because that pick and roll between uh, Pinsett and Tillman basically won them the game when they played all the way back in January. So I think the adjustment to uh, an Arkansas team that can play with Justin Smith is number one. And then number two is probably finding an offensive rhythm when they can't get things going in their flow up and down the floor. Uh, they haven't been scared of running with teams, but at times they have gotten set up. And Auburn is the uh, example I have for this one is Missouri fell to Auburn on the road and had a lead early in that game and kind of got into a super-fast tempo with Sharif Cooper, and it didn't work out so well for them. So if Missouri finds themselves out of their game flow, how are they going to find points in this game? I think that's something else they really need to be concerned about against the Hogs team that's probably going to take that first matchup personally and buckle down in it. We'll continue our discussion with Matt Michaels of KTTGR here in just a second. But first, I've got to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Even though football's already over, NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. There's also going to be award shows coming up, TV shows, reality television. That's right, betonline.ag has you covered even in those regards. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And betonline.ag also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. So it's your best play to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device right now to sign up today, and you'll get 50% off a welcome to bonus on your first deposit. All you do is enter in promo code Locked On. Simple as that. Promo code Locked On. You get 50% off your welcome bonus at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
your Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Now, what do you make of the SEC in general? Because we are trying to figure this out. I think everyone's trying to figure it out. you got Bama, who's at the top, and then Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU are all tied for second at 7-4. and four. Missouri and Florida right there at 6-4 and four as well. Kentucky's terrible this season. Uh, Auburn's not good. Uh, you, know, you know, you're talking about teams that have been good uh, recently. But it, it's just a really hard conference to make out. How many teams do you feel like will get into the NCAA tournament from the Southeastern Conference this year? You know, the way I look at this conference is the way I look at it in a lot of other sports. And uh, I think the first word for me is depth. And the depth at the top is showing itself and bludgeoning each other to depth. And and I don't know if that is something well-received by folks in the selection committee or folks nationally, but I think I think it would be fair to have at least five, probably six. And you could see an SEC team, I think, play its way in as number seven from the league going forward. I don't think Ole Miss was all that shabby last night, and they certainly are on a roll and now have a feather in their cap where they can try to go at the end of the season and say, we beat someone. I think the league is hurt by the fact that outside of Missouri's play, there aren't too many big non-conference wins to hang the league's hat on. So that probably knocks them down a peg. But when Tennessee defends its best, even though they've struggled recently, I think Tennessee on that night can be the best team in the conference. When Missouri runs up and down and defends the way that it can and has on occasion, I think Missouri can be the best team. When they get hot and play keep away from a team, Florida's got a bunch of athletic talent. We know LSU does as well. And, of course, when Bama shoots from three, they're the best team in the conference. And when Arkansas imposes their will on someone, they're the best team in the conference. So uh, maybe that overall depth is uh, perceived as a weakness of the SEC. And whenever Kentucky isn't at the very top, you go, okay, the SEC is in a down year. I actually see it a little bit differently. I think that there are a bunch of tough outs. I'm not sure if there's anybody that can make it all the way to the Final Four that we've seen in terms of sustained play just yet. I'm not sure that doesn't mean that we couldn't have one of them step up and be that team by the time we get to March, but we got a few weeks to figure that out yet. So with these two teams and the matchups, there's a rarity where you have a 7-3 player on both rosters, and Connor Vanover, he's more of a stretch four, but he's a good defensive presence on the inside. With your player, Jordan Wilmore, what's his game like? Well, Wilmore is still green. Um, he's gotten into games at times this season, but he hasn't been used a lot in the league. And Wilmore, I think, will become a fan favorite here. Tiger fans saw him early in the non-conference season. He, he's just a big guy. He's not a string bean. He's got some thickness to him. And I think the hope would be for him to uh, match up as time goes on in kind of a Jeremiah Tillman role, be the guy who's so big down low that you can't ignore him and can find ways to pass out of it and be physical. And time will tell if he gets there. I think the first big you'll see off the bench that isn't named uh, Tillman or, or Kobe Brown or Mitchell Smith might be Parker Brown, who has a brother who plays uh, Christian Brown at the University of Kansas. to so talk about that family rivalry. And, and Parker Brown's played pretty well. Doesn't have the size down low to match up there, but he has developed his skills, I think, quite a lot. And uh, in foul situations, especially early in the game, where Tillman picks up two or Kobe Brown picks up two, Parker's come in and, and performed admirably. He can hit a corner three now and again. He finds himself on the defensive glass. And, and I think the Conza Martin's been very pleased with what he's gotten from him in games. They just don't want to overexpose him in games. So it might be more likely that you see him off the bench than Wilmore. Although, if they just wanted to go size on size, 
Jordan Wilmore won't give up any size to anybody. I can promise you that. All right, last one for you. Get out of here, man. What do you think of the game itself and what transpires on Saturday? Obviously, uh, playing in Columbia is always a little different, but uh, as far as between these two teams and the matchup, does Missouri sweep the Razorbacks this year, or do you feel like the Razorbacks may get Missouri this time around? Well, I think this is going to be a close one, guys, and I'll pick Missouri. And actually, one of the reasons I'll pick Missouri might have nothing at all to do with how the teams match up. Uh, the game in Columbia is special because it is a rally for Ryan game. Uh, a former assistant and current uh, Mizzou athletic staffer, Brad Luce, he was an assistant on Kim Anderson's team. He's got a dollar, Ryan, who uh, had uh, childhood cancer some years ago. And uh, it was a big rallying point for the school to say rally for Ryan. And now they've used this game to raise awareness and raise a bunch of funds for pediatric, pediatric cancer research. And in, I think, the five or six years they played the game, they haven't lost one yet, even going into games where they were considered heavy underdogs. So the team always gives a little bit extra effort for the game. Uh, they generally wear uh, shooting shirts and the warm-ups with the name of somebody who's been affected by cancer, whether it's personal to them or someone they know, um, and, and carry that with them into it. And Tiger fans have kind of come to expect that, hey, this is a big game on our schedule. So for that reason alone, I think Missouri will play a game where it's hard fought, probably will trail at some point midway through the second half, but I think this time they'll try to put their uh, shooting shoes on, get Drew Smith to get him some points, and I'd pick the Tigers by uh, a triple in the end. Matt Michaels, the host of The Big Show on KTGR up in Missouri. Appreciate you hopping on, man. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll be catching up with you later on the road, all right? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 